Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What could be Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and it's episode 33 of Cage Rage, a Nicholas Cage podcast. The good times continue, they continue to roll, they keep rolling, 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 like the Limp Biscuit Man. You know, the biscuit, the limpin', you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, how are you? Are you good? Are you well? Um, I'm good. I'm, I didn't sound convincing like I was good either, but I am. Getting towards, uh, you know, the end of the year. We're getting closer towards Christmas. And, um, you know, still still didn't get that PS5. Who did? If you did, congratulations to you. Well done. Enjoy it. Uh, but didn't get an Xbox Series X. So come Crimbus uh, time, I'll be enjoying some uh, Cyberpunk 2077 if it hopefully isn't still buggy as all hell. Um, but what's not buggy, because they're, <laughs> they're a human being, um, is this week's guest. It's uh, my old friend, my old roommate, Ben Shannon, has joined me on the journey to True Cage Nirvana this week. Um, back when I, I guess, announced on social media that I was going to do a Nicholas Cage podcast, um, he was very quick to jump in and say, hey, I would love to talk God in 60 seconds with you. And now here we are, months later, talking about Gone in 60 seconds. This was a um, a really fun chat um, where we, you know, we talk about all the things. We talk about Cage, we talk about cars, we talk about some Christmas traditions. Uh, ben joined as he's cat-sitting in Spain, where he currently resides with his other half. We talk about the Christmas shit and his issues with uh, Amazon marine biology and um, of course a little bit about the uh, the film Gone in 60 Seconds as well. We've got some opinions on Mirror Man which we would love to uh, love to share with you. Um, really really fun episode. I had a lot of fun recording this one. It's been a while since I chatted to Ben and then after all that time the first thing we're talking about is Nicolas Cage. Of course it is. Um, so please enjoy it. Um, I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Um, as ever, you can find me on the social medias at cage underscore podcast on Twitter, at cage rage pod on Instagram, and the show is available to listen to on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pod Chaser. Um, and if you're enjoying it in any way, shape, or form, there's the Kofi page as well, Kofi.com forward slash Daryl Edge. If you want to kick something back, you don't have to. Uh, but if you can follow, like, um, share it around, if you think there are other people that may like it, then that would be uh, the Christmas gift I would love to ask for. Um, even better than a PS5, but he wants one of those stupid, chunky, buggy machines anyway. It's me. It's me. I still want, I still want one of those. Um, but with that said, let, let episode 33 comments rev up your engines it's ben shannon it's gone in 60 seconds it's cage rage a nicholas cage podcast enjoy 
So it's a brand new decade on Cage Rage as we go full throttle into the year 2000 and a new year means new Cage films. In this episode, we put the pedal to the metal as we discuss the action heist film Gone in 60 Seconds. Here, Cage stars as Randall Memphis Reigns, a master car thief who must come out of retirement and still no less than 50 bloody cars to save his brother's life. Joining me to see if this film is a big vroom vroom or just belongs in the scrap heap is comedian, poker player, Pokemon master and cat wrangler, Ben Shannon. Live from Spain, no less. Ben, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? I'm good. I generally didn't know how you were going to introduce me, but I've never been happier with that quartet of of uh, of things. You've pretty much summed up my excuse for a life. So thank you. That was lovely. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tried to have some kind of like, you know, odds and ends, uh, opposites uh, intro, but the best I could do for cars was like, what do cars do? Oh, they they go fast, big for Mate, I genuinely, when you were saying that, I thought it was pedal to the metal. I just had to Google it to see if you were right, and it's pedal to the metal. That's the expression, you were right. Yeah, I thought it was metal, which doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, if you want to make a uh, car out of war decorations, then... <sighs> That's Nam all over for it, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I didn't realise it was actually a pedal to the metal until about two days ago when I was just throwing all my bits and my pieces of trivia together. Um, but this is this is all part of the learning experience. This is uh, how Cage guides me. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he guides you. Obviously, we were just saying off camera, though, by the time we're recording this, we are um, just days away from December at the time of recording. Um, my Christmas tree isn't up, but I know you've got some thoughts on how they do it in Spain, the old El Santa Loco over there. <laughs> you just made it sound like the most racist thing in the world. I know you <laughs> wanted to come on here, Ben, to talk about how the bloody Spaniards celebrate it. Um, well, Feliz Navidad is how you say it over here. So nice. um, Feliz Navidad to you. Yeah, it's, it's late November, isn't it? Um, it's not Spanish. But yeah, what they do is... Um, I can't remember the name of it, but, and you won't believe me on this, they celebrate it with a Christmas shit. Okay, clarify immediately. Christmas shit. Now, that's all I'm going to tell you. Um, so I was here last year for Christmas as well. And uh, even after they announced this, I still came back. I put something on Facebook. You obviously didn't see it, because if you did, you would have messaged me about it. But basically, right. they have this, oh God, sorry. <laughs> sorry, this is, uh, a cat has jumped right in the way. Um, they have a... <laughs> <laughs> and here now is the Christmas shit. It's going to come into my hand. That no, is the Christmas okay. shit. Yeah, this is, um, which one's this? This is Maggie. This is one of the cats I'm looking after at the minute who watched the film with me. Um, right. And if she sees anything on the iPad, she goes for it. Right. So you're about to get absolutely clawed. Um, and then that's the other one. Anyway, so it's, what they do is they have like um it is in like I'm shops. just speaking to a cat now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. In the shops <laughs> over the next few weeks, there's going to be loads of little images of a man doing a little shit. And <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm on something, but literally what they do is they get the kids to celebrate the Christmas shit and then they have to beat the Christmas shit. And that's what the toys come out of. I think you've had a bad dream. This doesn't sound... I had a bit of chorizo that was... Um, I don't know what you're supposed to Google. Don't Google Christmas shit. If you do one thing off the back of this, please don't Google <laughs> Christmas shit. But um, it's... Maybe I should Google it. I can't remember. What, it's just amazing. There's full festivals. Um, I'm going to have to Google Spanish Christmas shit and see what happens. It feels like they've said, you know, piñatas, they've got their place, but I think we can one-up that. Oh, mate. I, I don't... Maybe... Spanish Christmas poo, I should poop blog. Spanish Christmas poop blog. 
Um, T. de Nadal. I don't know what. Feeding the poop blog, a Catalonian Christmas tradition. So that's what, yeah. So I'm staying somewhere near Barcelona in Catalonia called Sitges. And there's a massive thunderstorm at the minute. Um, it's pissing it down outside. So if the Wi-Fi goes, my, my other half, the, the flat we stay in um, is about... 10 minutes on the bike, 20, 20 minute walk. It still looks like the cat's telling you all this from here. <laughs> and her Wi-Fi keeps cutting out. So my Wi-Fi might go, also for the last two hours, someone's been playing a didgeridoo upstairs, which they haven't been doing for weeks. <laughs> and all of a sudden they've gone, oh, Ben's got a recording tonight. We'll get the didgeridoo out. Probably getting ready for the Christmas bloody poo log. Um, okay, so let me just read you a quick bit from this. It's got nothing to do with Nicolas Cage, but maybe maybe does it. It's Christmas Eve, which means children across Spain's Catalonian region are gathering in their homes for the traditional <laughs> the traditional whacking of the festive shit log. Oh God! Um, this is propaganda. A hollow log with stick legs, a smiley face, and a floppy red hat is a Yule branch with a scatological spin. Its other name is. Cagatayo or shitlog for reasons that will shortly become apparent. I won't go into it, but yeah, um, that's not what. Oh, there's a song, shitlog, shit nougat, hazel. No, that's not a song. That's just it. I'll hit you with a stick, shitlog. Yeah, this is so. This is their song, shitlog, shit nougat, hazelnuts, and matto cheese. If you don't shit well, I'll hit you with a stick, shitlog. That's uh, that's the song the kids sing. So um, yeah, 2020s hit Spain pretty hard, mate. I don't know if you've noticed, but they've kind of lost the red. It sounds like you shitlog. You've got lockdown didgeridoos. That just makes you think of when this all started. And definitely in the UK, we thought, ah, a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Coronavirus, that's not a thing. And then we watched all of those videos of like Italians with tiny trumpets on their balconies and Spain of like, bring out the ruse. We've we've got to let them hear Oh, mate, it's honestly, it's it's crazy over here. I mean, I've I've been here for a month now um, and I was back in the UK for about two months. But then over the summer, sorry, this cat keeps flashing his ass at you. Um, I was I was here for like three months in the summer and it's um yeah, it's mad how they're going, you've got to have your masks on outside and, and all this other stuff. So it's been it's been nice to talk about Christmas shit logs and Nicolas Cage to get a bit of sanity in my life, you know. Well, this is what I found like when uh going back to April for me, Nicolas Cage, who would have thought the one thing that brought some perspective and sanity back to this crazy existence that we call 2020? Combine that with the power of the shit log and nothing surprises me anymore. Everything, everything's fair game everything is fair game oh, uh, but speaking of um, things making sense we're here to talk about a film that hopefully makes sense in Gone in 60 Seconds and before we tuck into that um, I always like to ask the guests on the podcast to um, ease ourselves in you know what is your um, sort of initial thoughts on Cage as an actor sort of your history with Cage uh, what does the cat think about Cage Oh fuck! Um, well, as I say, the cat was watching when uh, when I watched it on the iPad. I will say first, this was this was my first cage. Gone in really? sixty seconds was my first cage, and what a cage to start on! Um, that's why you know as we spoke when, as you know, because you were the person I spoke to when you first started doing this podcast, and I said to you, "Look, gone in sixty seconds. That's the one that I think I will have the most to say about." So book me in, and here we are, cat under the armpit, nearly done with this year, talking about shit logs, and yeah. I've not seen, I've not seen a huge amount of cages. I've seen maybe a dozen cages in my life. Have you got a number? Do you know how many he's done? Uh, I know he's like he's been in every film basically, in one in one way or another. Sometimes he's a boom <laughs> mic, but I mean he must have had legitimate parts in like a hundred or something. It's over one hundred and ten to the Wikipedia page. 
ridiculous. I mean, he's probably on that Wikipedia page as well, to be fair, all the time, updating it, going, yeah, I've done another film. Um, but yeah, this was my first one. I've obviously seen The Ghost Riders with yourself um, for one of our birthdays, I remember, when we were living in Southampton. Um, yeah, Ghost Rider 2, what, what a day. Was it Ghost Rider 2? Of course it was. We wouldn't have seen the first one. Although, and I, I'm going to have to start shouting at Amazon here, um, I got Amazon... I'm on the Amazon Prime at the minute for another month and then I'm leaving. Uh, but that's another story. <laughs> and um, and I had Go- Ghost Rider, the original Ghost Rider was on there and I saved it to my downloads. I was going to check it out. I thought maybe, you know, I'll have, a, I'll have uh, some more cage. And now they've taken it off, so I can't watch it anymore. It's not on Prime. And uh, this, I spent £2.50, right, okay, um, to rent um, Gone in 60 Seconds. I've not watched it in about... 10 years maybe uh, because it's 20 years old obviously the film and let me tell you it's aged like a fine wine a fine (laughs) wine that has been pissed through by a hobo no um (laughs) yes it has it has it really has but yeah it's it's, it cost me two pound fifty to rent it because i was like oh ten pound to buy it how many times i'm gonna watch it but then i found out once you've watched it once and you've rented it off amazon prime you're not allowed to watch it again yeah that's how they get you I didn't know that because it said, oh, you've got, um, when you first click it, you've got 30 days to, to initially watch it or something like that. And you have 30 days when you press play. I was like, all right, okay. And I had a spare hour before this and I thought, you know what? I'll, you know, I made some notes. I'm not a cage rookie, I'm, but I'll have another quick watch. I, I enjoy the film. And it was like that, mate, £2.50 every time. So, um, yeah, me and Jeff Bozo are uh, we're having a bit of a disagreement. He's going to be getting a hell of a Christmas shit in his stocking this year. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> A free uh, Amazon Prime Yule log log for the the big Bezos. This himself. is it, yeah. Tax that. That's what I say as I <laughs> as I deliver it. Well, I, I tend to um, I just end up buying some of the Cage films if they're on Amazon Prime because they just work out a bit cheaper. And I thought, well, at this point, I've got like leaving Las Vegas, raising Arizona, Con Air, Face Off, The Rock. I was like, let's, oh, wow. let's uh, the Wicker Man as well. I was like, you know what? Let's just add uh, Gone in sixty seconds in there. It was like. Twelve pounds. I thought in this economy, I'm sorry, Cage, but I'm not made of money. Twelve. It was twelve good rounds. I thought it was a tenner. I'd, in fairness, I'd have bought it. Oh, hang on, cat number two's coming up. No, you're right. Um, yeah, I'd have bought it if I knew it was. Um, if I knew two pound fifty was for a one-off viewing, because I want to watch the film again. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I know you do the kind of. Did you enjoy the film at the end? But spoilers, I fucking did. Um, <laughs> and you know, I want to. I want to get some sweet, sweet Cage in there again. And, uh, and I'm going to have to pay another two. I'm just going to buy it next time, you know. I mean, I'd just like to note for the uh, the listener there that when Ben said he liked the film, he did wink at me through Zoom as well. That's how committed did I, he was. Did I wink? I didn't even realise. That's terrible. I'm just enjoying a nice nest tea. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them. Hang on. There we go. First time using Zoom this. But yeah, I'm enjoying one of these, which is like a Spanish... Uh, well, it's an iced tea. So um, It's a Spanish yeah. iced tea. I'd love to see it. Well, um, I mean, obviously for myself, I've um, delved into a lot of Cage, been a big Cage fan for a long time. I think this one, because it came out in 2000, was about the time when he clocked on my radar. Because I seem to think, and I actually got it confused, because I thought this came at the same time as Fast and Furious. This actually came like a year before the first Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah, rip-off. Fast and Furious, rip-off of this, mate. This is This is the, you know, by some some weird beautiful thing um about a week before you contacted me saying ben it's your time please step through the golden door <laughs> like let's the talk about, yeah let's talk about sir nicholas my girlfriend and i were looking for a film to watch on um 
on the various social media, uh, social media, on the various uh, media streaming services. And we settled on Drive, the Ryan Gosling film, which I think yes. she'd seen a while ago and I hadn't seen before and really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, I'd quite like to watch some more driving films because I've not, it's not really a medium I've been in. And then obviously this happened. And yeah, I remember Fast and Furious was so, I think the only one I saw of Fast and Furious was Tokyo Drift. And I just remember that theme tune of Tokyo. That's the only thing I remember about the film. I, this film, I remember when I was watching it back, I was like, yes, inject this into my veins. There's parts <laughs> of this. Oh my God. I'm so excited to talk about it. But yeah, Fast and Furious can drive off a cliff, ironically, which is the main plot of most of their films. Well, I mean, they've been going for about 20-odd films in 20 years. I think at some point they're saying Fast and Furious, they want to launch a car into space because of Elon Musk will probably be in it at some point. Oh, That's mate, there must, be, there must be like a COVID part of it or something like Fast and Furious, can we outdrive the disease? Something like that, they'll be cracking onto it soon. Oh, God, I don't know. There's too and, many of them. And you know Vin Diesel can outrun the disease if he wants of to. Of course he can. Of course he can. <laughs> He just chooses to get it because that's the kind of down-to-earth guy that he is. Yeah. Oh, how did, how did you cure yourself of the disease? Oh, I injected some NOS up my anus and then I was fine. <laughs> I think that was five of the Fast and Furious films. Well, they do call him Vin Fartzel. They um, do, they do. <laughs> but does, uh, w- one of the things I always enjoy about looking into the Cage films particularly is all the trivia that sort of come uh, comes behind it as well. So just to get some of the, the bullet points out of the way, uh, we've got this film directed by Dominic Cena, who um, also did Swordfish and Season of the Witch, no relation to John, uh, written by Scott Rosenberg, who did Con Air, both of the most recent Jumanji's in 2017 and 19, and Venom as well, more recently. Venom? Oh, 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 I enjoyed Venom, to be fair. Um, and it's produced by uh, Jerry Bruckenheimer, who's basically a very, very powerful producer in Hollywood. It looks like a less dangerous Chuck Norris, but he has produced basically everything from Beverly Hills Cop uh, through to uh, the National Treasure and Pirates of the Caribbean films. So uh, they, they had some stock going into this one. Um, and it quickly I... depleted. <laughs> well, it did something. Um, and then... I popped on IMDb because you get a lot of sort of trivia on there and it's it's rated from top to bottom in terms of what uh, IMDb users found the most useful or interesting. Um, one of the top ones was that in some Greek theatres, uh, for some reason, the film was translated to come in 60 seconds, which is... A, I saw that! I saw that in the trivia as well! Very, very different film. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no. What do you think's better, uh, stealing cars or how, too late I've come? You know, there you go. That's that's that one. Well, I mean, to be fair, for a number of points in this film, uh, Cage as Memphis, when he's looking at is it that GT Mustang called Eleanor? Oh, mate, I've got a paragraph on that. Don't even get me started on how this entire film is him wanting to fuck that car. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, oh my god, did you look at um? Because on the one good thing about Amazon, if you're going to pay £2.50 every time you rent it, is there's like little factoids on it and it tells you throughout the film, it's got little bits of trivia. And there is a bit that's yeah. like, oh, the director ended up getting one of these cars, X, Y, and Z. And you just know someone for a laugh wants to change it to, 
oh, and Nicolas Cage was caught around scene 37 with his ball bag in the exhaust, you know, something like that. He's just <laughs> so like, oh, it's a car, mate. Oh, oh. Fair enough, I don't know. Well, I mean, he, they say that Cage did, uh, and as you might be aware, he's probably the most method of the method actors is our Cage. They said that he uh, went to no less than three different stunt driving schools to learn the craft of stunt driving for the film then apparently kept it up as a hobby after the film is completed. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a Lamborghini or something. He's, oh, I don't know, he's... I mean, you're right, he goes balls deep, doesn't he, um, in his roles. That's, I've heard that as well. Maggie, can you move out of the way? Because I can't... Paul Dowell's got to look at your fucking face. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's... I've, I've heard that about him as well. Fair, fair play to him. I mean, he is... Maybe it's just one of those things, you know, you throw enough shit at the wall, something will stick. Because he's had some good films, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've not seen... I've not seen some of his classics. I remember seeing bits of Face Off, but I couldn't tell you what happens in the whole film. Con Air. The only thing I remember about Con Air is you doing that Con Airy bit in stand up. When yeah. it was, yeah, that's that's the only part I remember about that. Um, yeah, what's Nicolas Cage's favorite bird? A Con Airy always deserved yeah, more. But then again, the I realize t- t- nearly 10 years later, I would find my audience for that joke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And it was people that are in uh, mental asylums. <laughs> That's the... Uh, or it's this cat, you know. Hey, radio's good uh, for wherever people want to get it. Um, I I forgot as well um, that good old Christopher Eccleston was in this. How with, could you forget? How could you forget that Christopher Eccleston was in this film? Christopher Eccleston in this film is... Because obviously we know it's like oh yeah, there's a baddie, what should we make him, English or German? We know that's like, that's what they do in America. Um, But in this film, he is, he's not just like the caricature of an English baddie. Some of the lines they give him are just, it's as if they've asked someone to write them and then write him even well, like they've gone, yeah, that would work, but can you make it even worse? There's something he he says like bleeding cricket or something like that is... It's like bleeding baseball is so boring. Or the way, oh, my. you know what? It's even worse than him. I don't want to like jump ahead massively, but at the end of the film, two of his um, two of his henchmen are gonna um, like kill Nicolas Cage. It's after he looks up at the car and goes unicorn, and the person's like, "What, what are you fucking saying? It's a car, mate." Um, <laughs> and he goes to shoot him, this guy, and he's like, "Where do you want to be shot? In the in the fucking head or in the chest, governor?" And he goes, oh, shoot, shoot me in the head, please, mate. Uh, sorry, that's my Nicolas Cage impression. It's just my voice. He goes, shoot, shoot me in the head. And he's like, my fucking pleasure, Gav. And he goes to shoot him in the chest. Like, he says the opposite. And the other guy giggles. That guy's voice, right? Clearly, he's been told to do an English accent. And then the director has gone, no, it doesn't sound English enough. If you watch that bit back, he's dubbed over. They've dubbed that actor over with an English, a more English guy. <laughs> on it, on it, watch it wow. back, and it's you see his mouth moving. You're like, that is not his voice. And they've employed like uh, Jonathan Whippingston the third to do the voiceover of the most English mob man. I had to like rewind it. It frustrated me so much. It's like tally ho, pip pip, shooting you in the head. It's oh, it really annoys me when they do that in films. Honestly, well, maybe if he'd had that line. Um... Eccleston would have enjoyed it more. You might have seen this. Uh, Eccleston described this as a terrible film in which he gave a terrible performance. He didn't like it at all. He didn't enjoy this. <laughs> and I didn't know. I've not read. I've not read anything about. Because do you know what? I think I think he was all right in it. You know, playing the part he had yeah. to play. I I think he was fine. I just oh, I love it where he's like, my oh my favorite thing. Um, 
as I say, I wrote, I wrote notes on this, but there's a part where, you know, where he first meets him, where Eccleston, um, oh, bloody Cage walks in and he meets him. And yeah, tries the, to buy his brother out, yeah. Yeah, basically. And he's, and he's walking and he's going, oh, I've got a thing with my brother. And then uh, Eccleston just goes, you know, I really like wood. It basically just ignores Cage about six <laughs> times. Cage keeps yeah. saying stuff like, oh, yeah, I've got it. And he goes, yeah, wood's great. And then he goes, oh, yeah, but I really want to buy my brother out. Yeah, I tried to watch baseball. I wasn't really... I keep just ignores him again and again and again. I love the idea of a character doing that for two hours for a whole film and then at the end going, nah, mate. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> playing it off. Well, it's, it's, it's bad guy 101. Like, you've got to get your monologue in. You've got to get your monologue, your side hobby, which for him is, is, <laughs> yeah, um, is, is, is a GCSE wood tech, apparently, just making stools oh, that my. he's very passionate about. Like, yeah. He's like, I've built a coffin. That's there. Who looks at camera and basically winks like that. Yeah, come the, play later. the most obvious um, cinematic foreshadowing that's ever been in a film, literally. And then he's he's, he's he's saying something about wood. He's like, oh, that's the thing about wood. It's real. You can feel it. It's natural. And then he basically ruts himself against the wood. <laughs> I mean, this film could have been Nicolas Cage having sex with a car, Christopher Eccleston having sex with some kind of like birdhouse. And it probably would have aged just as well. Um, and that mirror and mirror man doing some of the most amazing token black lines I've ever heard in any film. I forgot how that little guy, how, you know what I want to do? I want to kind of, maybe you can do this because you're the intro I listened to, you know, the musical intro you had on the episode with Danny. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Whoever did that for you, that's brilliant. But please, if you can somehow get that person to do this for the outro for this episode, all of Miraman's lines played back to back, you know, like because that yeah. is like I would fall asleep to that. Some of the lines he has, like, oh, black people ain't supposed to be this cold, or some of the lines are just, why is a snake trying to kill me? It's yeah, it's a, fantastic. It, yeah, that was the thing. Because I, I, when we, I was taking notes, of this I was like, well, there's a whole, there's a whole hour to talk about Miraman here. Like, oh, mate. when he's introduced, it's with uh, Kip. And it's just, at the start, all he really did was like, he commented obviously on everything that Kip did. It's like, oh, you're breaking in. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, we're seeing you in the car. Yeah, and then yeah, the, yeah. remember that bit right at the start where they pull up and he basically um, street races that person in the car because the girls. Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. And he just loudly yeah. says, this is a stolen car. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be quiet, Mirror Man. Gonna... He's the voice of he's the voice of reason, Mirror Man. This snake is crawling up my ass. Like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, I, I noticed with him and uh Donnie, who is one of the, the crew members that they get back together, um, there seems like there wasn't a scene where they just couldn't have Mirror Man and Donnie together to have to be uh the com the, the comic uh, relief and Donnie the foil. Um I mean Donnie, you've got lines saying like um, I stay my black ass out of the pool, and then Mirror mm. Man's like, um, I said, you know, we're not supposed to be this cold. I've got like Woody, basically, there's a snake in my boots. Instead, he's taken it one step further and said, There's a snake in my ass. Yeah, yeah, true, true. He wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop. He had that bit. Do you remember at the end where they get when they're in the swing of things with getting the cars? And he disguised himself as Flav, Flavor Flav for some reason at the booth. And he got a Barbie out of his pocket. He got the doll out for no reason. And he's like, hey, look, look at, at this. this. <laughs> Which, for some reason, distracted the guy working it in the worked, booth. yeah. You never Better see play. that on Splinter Cell when you're playing, <laughs> <through> <laughs> playing a James Bond game. And then he runs away to the line, I got a midget paging me. And then he leaves. 
yeah, I've got to try that sometime. You know, something, yeah. it gets, I mean, it gets quite, because it is literally like, well, they've got their two black actors in and they can't be in the same scene. But what's even worse than that is that you, I think there's two women in this film, right? And I know it's 2000, this is a different time, but maybe we can get the same person who does the outro where it's all Miramaz lines to check this out. <laughs> there's obviously the brother's mum and Angelina Jolie. I don't know yeah. how many scenes they're in. I don't know how many lines they have, but I would bet a reasonable amount of money that the amount of time heard listening to those two women speak lines is less than the amount of time you hear engines in this film. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking about it because obviously they, and I don't know why they felt the need to bring like the, uh, like Memphis and Kip's mother into it. She's working in a diner, minding her own business. Cage pays her, pays her a visit. He's like, oh, Kip's in trouble. How much trouble? deep trouble and she's like them's my boys and just kind of takes yeah. it and she's like uh yeah i guess you'll sort it out um and then Angie jolie who plays sway um and just before we talk a bit more about sway in this film um and this kind of goes back to another bit of trivia you know i don't know if you saw this but basically in the 2000s it was rife for um awards and award shows that now no longer exist right so before we get into why this is relevant to Angelina Jolie, so basically in 2000, and it ran for a while, there was a, uh, an awards called basically the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Uh, where you could be, it's up the there best with, name like, for an awards thing anyway, isn't it? <laughs> it's up there with like the Razzies, like the Golden Raspberries. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Basically, they're an LA-based group of film critics, film buffs. Um, and this film, um, it got in 60 seconds, it won the award for worst screenplay for a film grossing more than $100 million using Hollywood math. And it also won um, the award for most intrusive musical score in a major motion picture. Most intrusive musical score. Wow. What? A th- I mean, well, it basically sounds like a Sonic game half the time. Yeah. I mean, isn't, isn't this just Sonic the movie before they got the CG? <laughs> the CG yeah, game? yeah, true. There's parts uh, that there was a bit from it that I was like, I recognise this. I recognise this music. They use it in the show Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, they literally, and I was like, where do I know this music from? And then I realised the first few things of it is when they've got, like, some tech guy playing on you. It's like, what is going on? Like, so it, like what, what, they're going to just start pulling out a blue eyes white cage. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably would. Probably try and fuck. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, at the same awards, um, Angelina was nominated for... Um, but didn't win, and this goes to show you how strong the competition was. At the 2000 Stinkers, Angelina Jolie was nominated for, but did not win, worst on-screen hairstyle. Um, she lost out to both John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker for Battlefield Earth, um, one of the worst films ever made. I've not um, seen that film. How bad's the hair? Because, I mean, her hair in this isn't great. Um, well, just for context, the film itself is so bad, it swept the stinkers that year and won eight stinkers. <laughs> it's right. never good if someone says, you remember your film that swept the stinkers? That's never a good claim <laughs> to fame, is it? I mean, if you if you Google, basically, Battlefield Earth, John Travolta, and just take a look at his character, it's basically Travolta with a swollen head, um, but with these sort of, like, thick, uh, like, dreadlocks almost. It's it's something else. Rings rem- a bell, actually. Yeah. I remember this film. It might ring a bell uh, because our old housemate, Alec, once, and I don't know if you were there at the time, but he bought this on DVD, Battlefield Earth, and he made me watch it. 
and it was about two hours of my life I'll never get back. That sounds like the kind of thing you do, like when he sat us down and made us watch uh, that Japanese cinema, Tetsu the Iron Man. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, when he, when he made us sit through and watch that, um, which I did enjoy, but also gave me nightmares for about a week. I mean, for a uni project, you would later go on to be wrapped in foil and spoons, so it wasn't all a waste. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, that was our proper degree for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the thing we those are the lengths we went to to uh, qualify with a now defunct degree. But uh, yeah, it's still it's still kicking off in Manchester. Kicking off, it's still going on in Manchester, I think. But uh, yeah, it's probably not going to go the way of marine biology. I was talking at lunch with um, mother half and a friend of ours today, talking about how marine biology was a. Uh, I'm going really off topic now, unless it turns out that uh, Nicholas Cage actually did come from the sea, as many people suspect. Um, he is half yeah, selfish, they say. Yeah, well, we know where he shits from. So the um, so basically he he yeah Nicholas Cage invented marine biology. No, there was um it wasn't really that popular for a while, and then there was a lot of like documentary stuff on TV about how we don't know much about what's going on in the ocean and that kind of thing. There could be more Nicholas Cages in there, and uh, and then it got really popular as a degree. And so maybe people thought that's what was going to happen with our degree, but instead, no, people just realised you can't. Uh, you can't spend that much money on on that because it means eventually you'll be uh, sat in an apartment while there's a thunderstorm with two cats recording a podcast talking about Nicolas Cage. So, you know, they couldn't put that kind of money in. You tried to tell me that uh, all the debt I'm in is, hasn't paid off. But yeah, you tried to tell me that's the wrong decision. I'll, I'll disagree with you, friend. But when you were talking about marine biology, you made it sound like it's popular because there might be more Nicolas Cages in the ocean. And that's why people are joining... <laughs> I mean, it's not a downside, is it? Imagine if, imagine if you're there in a submarine, or then again, a lot of marine biologists never actually go in the water. So, um, fun fact, if that's what you were looking for, a bit of trivia for you. But imagine if you're down there, you're like, oh yeah, we discovered, you know, a really deep uh, reef, which is great for the planet, and uh, certain kinds of sharks that only come out. There was four Nicholas Cages that came past a whale at one point. Imagine, fucking hell. I, I'm thinking of changing jobs. Well, I think I've, um, you know, I'm near, I'm nearing 30. I need to get my life on track at some point. Maybe it's yeah, marine sure, biology. Are, yeah, I always forget you're a couple of years older than me. Maybe that's what it's going to be. Maybe it goes marine, <laughs> Daryl. You find Nicholas and his... Uh, do you think he's got gills? Do you think he's... Did you watch The Boys? You know, um, what's this called? Uh, the Bloody Deep. Deep Shins, yeah. He's, uh, he's got gills, hasn't he? Do you think Nicholas Cage has got secret gills? You know, honestly, um, I've I've been so deep in the cage rabbit hole at this point that if it transpired that he had gills wouldn't bat an eyelid what would you what would actually surprise you if nicholas cage had like if he had a second cock or something you kind of be like yeah that's classic cage in it do you know or if he had wings you'd be like yeah well we already suspected it <laughs> what would what would there be where you'd go oh that's taken me by surprise i mean this it would take a lot to surprise me about Nicolas Cage. This, this is because he's one of those people that he has this this mystique about him that you could say, oh, it turns out that in the 90s he did use to moonlight as Mr. Blobby. You could say anything like that, but <laughs> yeah, you, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't bat an eyelid because you put any random selector scenario with Cage and it just yeah. makes sense. If it turned out he was the fucking Zodiac killer, I would like, yeah, probably. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds like something he'd do. Um, so, yeah, how do you want to do it then? As I say, when I listen to it, because I've never seen, was it Snake Eyes you did with Danny? Yeah. I'd never, see, I'd never seen that before or heard of it before, but I feel like I'd, I'd watch the film with you by the time that podcast was done, um, <laughs> for better or for worse. Well, well, this is, this is the joy of going through his filmography and discovering 
just a load of stuff that I've never watched before. I mean, for, for this one, uh, again, at the time of recording, um, so a lot of episodes sort of coming up. So this week I've watched uh, Lord of War, Gone in 60 Seconds, Captain Krennic's Mandolin. Um, I will be also watching Bringing Out the Dead. Um, Lord of War I've now watched twice. Trying to think what else is coming up. I've got The Family Man coming up. Um, and then at some point, I'll be watching National Treasure. I've had to go through The Wicker oh, Man and National Bangkok. Treasure. Dangerous. I've never seen. I've never seen National Treasure. National Cheddar. I've never seen that. Um, I'd watch that. Christ. Is that the, uh, is that the Wallace and Gromit uh, new film, National Cheddar? No, no. It's an. It's another Nicolas Cage one. He's in everything. Um, it's just him shouting at Edam. Oh! Uh, so basically, I look on Netflix at what. Um, Cage, because I've got the bug now, what Cage films were on there, and I saw Lord of War on there, I've not watched that, so I'm going to check that out, and then there's one where, there was, there was about five or six, so I'll ping them over to you and see, and show you which ones are there, and then maybe come back on at a later date when there's a, a different, because as I say, this one, I first watched it in about 2005, so I, it's always been, you know, like, Things when you get traumatized as a kid, and there's always it's always there in the back of your head. You always remember Vinnie Jones saying nothing until the end of the film, just because why not? There's things like the in the back sandwich of your head. on a corpse, yeah. Oh god! But basically, if um, if there's like a film that it'll be the first time I've seen it that's one of Cage's, I think I'll probably have you know different views on it because this one I'm slightly biased. It was I was going to bring this up as well. Basically, it's it's not as if I saw the Cage film by accident, but my mate who had the DVD of it, he was the, the friend... You know, you have a friend you go to school with and they always lie about everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, th- that was this guy. And his, his dad had, like, 2,000 DVDs or whatever. And for some reason, just the, we had, like, a sleepover or we were at his, we were at mine. And for some reason, this was the one we watched. And uh, we just watched it so many times, man. Such a good film. Yeah, it was... It was... A similar thing for me growing up, this was the film that um, like my friends who we'd stayed at each other's houses, this was always the film that got rented. It was always gone in 60 seconds. Mm. Um, obviously at the time it's like, I don't know, it was like this thing at the time is like, well, I'm a, I'm a boy and these boys like cars. So I suppose I'm supposed to like cars now. Um, and there was a, there was a there seemed to be a period of time in the early 2000s when if you were... Um, a guy, I suppose, you, you would almost, it was almost the law that you had to like uh, fast cars. Um, I mean, for me, I was like, you know, I'll just stick to stick to wrestling. I can, I can deal with that. But <laughs> you were more into your fast wrestlers, weren't you? I was more into my speedy little, uh, my speedy little trunk, strong lads for me. But uh, you I mean, know. the thing is, you say that, but I don't, I don't know. It wasn't like a very, oh, we've got to be into fast cars kind of thing where I was growing up. So I don't know why. I mean, we weren't doing it for our love of Nicolas Cage and the fine art, you know. And now um, now when I'm driving and stuff, I've been driving for... So when I, this film came out when I was seven, which is crazy to think. And I would have... I, I probably the first time I watched it, I was about 12 or 13. So maybe that is an age we get into cars and stuff. But I've been driving now for the last uh, three years, maybe a bit longer. And I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, I want to get a really flashy, really nice car. I'm literally, you know, cost effective, whatever works thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm not there going, oh, I want a GT500 XYZ. I'm going to steal it. Um, so none of that's kind of stayed with me. But yeah, maybe it was. Maybe that's why Fast and Furious got so popular. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. It's, it, this is what I mean. It seemed to certainly lead into all the, uh, like the Fast and Furious hype that we had and, um, I mean, I was I was surprised that this film 
sort of didn't have like a sequel or something because it lends itself to the kind of film that would have spin-offs or something like that. Um, I mean, it, I didn't actually realise that this was uh, a remake of a film from the 70s. I didn't. I didn't until a couple of days ago. Yeah. Sorry, go on. You, I'm, I'm joining in. Go on. You tell the people <laughs> that it is a remake. Well, the people, it is a remake. Uh, 1974 film of the same name by uh, H.B. Halicky, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, hopefully. Um, Nicolas Cage does seem to start in a lot of uh, adaptions and remakes, though. Um, another, The other film I'd watched this week, actually, uh, again, at the time of recording, uh, City of Angels, which is, like, long story short, he's an angel who comes to Earth, falls in love with a woman. It's as tale as old as time. Um, I mean, it could be what actually is happening with Nicolas Cage as well. It could be a documentary. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that was a, a remake of a German film from the 70s or 80s. Uh, this is a remake of a film from the 70s. The Wicker Man, uh, a remake of the film for the same name from the 70s. Um, oh, yeah, of course. But he, what, what I also found out about him, like, he has a production company called Saturn Films. And they do tend to pick up a few uh remakes and the like um bangkok dangerous another one that was a remake that his production company picked up but the most interesting thing about his production company satin films is that if you google it you will not find any information about it i dare anyone to find any some information about satin films the enigma can the enigma continues god imagine someone's search history at the end of this podcast the, the spanish christmas shit enigma things for you know there's going to be some stuff defunct marine biologist degrees <laughs> be all over it oh basically um but i'm just thinking now just going back to what you were saying about vinnie jones like obviously for, for like for us being in england obviously once upon a time vinnie jones was like one of our most popular footballers because he just grabbed people on the penis we're like hey we like him and then i forget that he had he was just in a lot of films as well. He had just he had quite a an all right career, and in this one he plays the Vinnie Jones role of hard man. Um, his first scene, obviously, he's a mortician who doesn't speak. No reason why he doesn't speak. We're just told that's not. Yeah, a we thing, never. We, but he we does. Find out, we? You know, you're talking about it being a remake. Um, I don't know. His character's called Sphinx, um, and I saw that on the in the original, his character's called Sphinx because he doesn't have a nose. Right, the char- his character in the original. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, right. the face you're making at me is, sorry, what? He has a Christmas shit. No, um, yeah, so he doesn't have a nose. They call him Sphinx. And then, and this is the bit that I wish, I wish was in the remake, in the final heist in the original film, this character who doesn't have a nose, Sphinx, his disguise, so they don't recognise him when he's stealing a car, is one of those comic comedy glasses with a fake nose on it. It's no... Oh. He has the exact same clothes on, except he has a comic, and they're like, "Well, it can't be him because he's got a nose." <laughs> so we're, well, we're distinctively looking for a man that does not have a nose. Yeah. Uh, this guy's got a clearly plastic nose, but still doesn't meet the uh, yeah and comedy <laughs> glasses as well. Yeah. Was it? Oh, the Groucho Marx disguise is that the one? The, the classic, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've not seen footage of it, but the way it was written, I was like, "Christ, I wish I'd seen the original." Um, <sighs> But yeah, he, he's what else did he do? Because he's he ate sandwich. Uh, yeah, he grabs nuts. He blows a car up. That's literally that's literally all he does. I mean, I I thought of him more because he was the juggernaut as well and stuff. I thought of him more in films than I have football. I mean, I'm quite big on my football, but I you know I got into 
I got into football after Vinnie Jones had been knocking around, so I'd remember him more um, playing parts in films rather than playing Kick Kick. But um, he really, yeah, he really is something in this film. Yeah, I mean, when he turns up for the second time, it's just as uh, Cage is getting beaten up by thugs who keep turning up um, just to have try and get another lick in. And then a car blows up, he headbutts people. Um, weird. That, that's like you'd think, um, and maybe this is me trying to look at it in some kind of um, heist, well, like an Ocean's Eleven kind of thing, I suppose, where everyone mm. has like a particular skill, like someone's the hacker, someone's the getaway driver, that kind yes, of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe I missed something here, but perhaps with the exception of Sway, if I'm looking into things a bit deeper, none of the people that they bring in, um, except uh, the younglings, and I'll get into those in a minute, have distinct skills that they need other than yeah, that they can uh, drive cars. That's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He punches stuff, this guy. Um, Sway is a woman who says four lines in the film or whatever it is. Um, the driving instructor, oh, by the way, the passive-aggressive racist stuff in the when he's the driving instructor and there's the Asian lady trying to learn how to drive. He's like, you can't drive, you can't drive, buddy. I know I can't swim, so I stay my black ass out of the water or whatever he says. And then he's like, oh, actually, just drive off. And she smashes into a car. I mean, you wouldn't get away with that now. Like, no. good at all. It was no. like, oh, but I mean, yeah, they don't, all the old guys. And then Otto, obviously... That's another thing. Yeah. Can we talk about the police officers? Oh my God. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, the dynamic those two have, I would watch uh, like a series of those two knocking around with like, don't talk about my wife or whatever. Oh my God. I love them. Yeah. I mean, we had um, detective Roland Castlebeck uh, and it was uh, detective Drykoff, who was my notes, Timothy Oliphant. Um, if you There's watch... some actors in this. Yeah, 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 because he was in, like, Transformers and probably other films. But there's some actors in this that I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. They were, I didn't forget Christopher Eccleston was in it. But there's one or two actors where I kind of go, oh, wow, yeah, they were in it. Because the guy who, um, I don't know the actor's name, but he plays he plays one of the thugs that is, um, when they're taking the dog to go for a crap, one of the thugs is the guy who was in Ant-Man. Yes, I know exactly the one yeah, you mean. Yeah, you know I what know I mean. Exactly yeah, I'm mean. terrible at remembering actors' names, um, but... But yeah, there's so many actors in this that I'm like, oh god, yeah, they were in Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a who's who. Um, I mean, with Timmy, Timothy Oliphant, I think the last I saw him was in the uh, season two opener of The Mandalorian when he was the uh, the sheriff of the oh, town. Spoilers, mate. I've not started season two of The Mandalorian yet. Oh, here we go. Here yeah. we go. Does it does it link into Gone in sixty seconds? Well, <laughs> does he? Well, they have to do something in space cars. Space cars, I like it. Nicholas Cage. It, it turns out the the child is Nicholas Cage. <laughs> well, that's what a young Cage looks like if you if to the uninitiated. Yeah, uh, if you ever find a young Cage, because you find them in eggs, don't you? Young Cages. That's what I heard. <laughs> Deep sea eggs, and then they hatch out. Um, that's like that's my groin. Sorry, there is a cat there. That's why the tail keeps flying up into the shot, and he's, uh, <laughs> I just don't want you to think of it. He had some sen sentient penis that just flops around on a Zoom call. Yeah, very furry cat. Um, but yeah, we were saying about the uh, the crew, and it's not until sort of Kip brings his boys in. I mean, they've got well, some of them have got code names, and then you've got you've got Mirror Man, who we've already discussed <laughs> ad nauseum. You've Mirror got... Man. Oh, the start where where he's like, um, 
oh, I've got to get my tool. And he goes, that's not a tool, that's a damn brick. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, why are you giving this man these ridiculous lines? Elvis is alive, baby. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, please, I need to hear that at the end of this podcast. They need to be edited together. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, with, Bur- with Burman, it feels like maybe they'd given him X amount of lines, but they thought, oh, this uh, this guy's actually quite funny. We're just going to let him do what he wants. That's the only explanation that works for me about Mirror Man. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I want to see a, a Mirror Man spinoff. You know, you know, gone in gone in 60 reflections, Mirror Man the Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch uh, that. But then you've got Tum- Tumblr who gets the fake keys and his skills seem to be, I can do Google quite well. That seemed to be what he was bringing to the team because he's the only computer yeah. guy. Then you've got Toby. No one knows what Toby does. And then another guy whose name I didn't bother to learn because they literally say, well, we need someone to buy us the pizzas. And he just... Yeah, a lot of characters in this are just jokes, basically. Yeah, and then he just he just nods and he's like, <laughs> yeah, someone's got to remember those orders. Um, when, the, when they're recruiting all the people as well, because um, it's... I, I enjoy this film, don't get me wrong. Um, it seems to take a while to actually get to the heisting. But when they're calling everyone up and there was just almost an unnecessary bit where um, Cage calls someone, you just hear the sound of people having sex and he's like, you sound very busy right now. And then he puts the phone down. Yeah. I'm going to call you back. <laughs> I mean, I want to know about the people who who didn't get in on um, on the gang. <laughs> What, what, yeah, what were we missing out on there? Well, a lot of them were dead. Like the way they were talking about, it, they were going, "Oh yeah, Brian's dead." Like they were just missing it. We're like, "Yeah, we get it. It's a dangerous thing." Um, but I mean, you say that it started quite slow. I, the thing that got me the most, and how I mean, you probably won't find this because you've been watching a lot of Cage films because you're going in chronological order, aren't you? Um, so what I found was credits at the start of a film. I forgot that was a thing for so long. Um, yeah, yeah, especially in the 2000s and stuff, and it was quite slow credits, and then it was like bang, here's some car stuff going on. Um, but yeah, then when we when we got to this part, because it was about half an hour before we finally got to them recruiting people for it, it was just it is a classic heist film, isn't it? You know, getting people yeah. together, but yeah. the, there's always going to be some spare parts in that kind of thing. It's a lot like a film like, um, oh, what's it called, Suicide Squad, where they basically were like, oh, here's a bunch of actors, some of them are going to die. I mean, obviously, you don't have anyone die in this, spoilers, but you, I guess you just need a few little bits of comic relief, and the more you have, the easier it, well, the less money you have to pay the actors because you spread it around more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, give me a shot-for-shot shot remake, but everyone's played by uh, by Mirror Man, and then I would be very, very happy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even change his uh, costume. And I suppose to give him his due, Mirror Man played by TJ Cross, uh, but it doesn't seem to have a Wikipedia page. So maybe he just did this doesn't and need just one, mate. disappeared need off one. the face of the earth. It does not need a, a, a Wikipedia page. Uh, oh, here's something else as well. Talking about Sway. Does she drink petrol? I know exactly the scene that you mean. She got that giant oil canister and just took a swig out of it. Like, um, and it's not referenced. He doesn't say anything. Like, as if Cage is just like, it's just something she does. Like, you, you can't <laughs> drink petrol. She's more petrol than woman is sway. <laughs> but you like it's a bad precedent to be to be you can't drink petrol. I don't know. I can't get this across to people enough. Yeah. Stop I mean, drinking petrol, Angelina Jolie. I mean, if they'd <laughs> she does it in real life. If they <laughs> She's a method actor. She was down in petrol. 
you, you, they had to drag her away from the Essos. <laughs> she wanted to get into the actual mind frame of a car. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like you said, if they'd address it like, oh, I just put my juice in there or something, fine, that's fine. The only, and I don't even think it's a link, that like she has a swig of petrol that goes to the other job uh, where she's um, a bartender, where Cage then just pursues her and just continues to harass her. I mean, we get... And the reason that she sort of comes back as well is very, I don't know, very weak because she's like, look, I'm out. I'm happy with my two jobs right now because it's it's quite hard to make an honest living. And then they've got the gang back together and she just turns up on a bike and they're like, oh, you're back. And she's like, yep, let's not talk about it. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, then again, people are into it to, um, to watch the... People are into it to watch the cars, aren't they? They don't want that's the other thing you've got to bear in mind with films like this. They're not looking at it for the story. It's a very loose premise. These are the stuff that's going on. They want to see what Cage is going to do. I really like the bit at the start where he's talking to the, you know, he's talking to the kids and he's like, um, control, vision, determination, talking about what it takes to be a great like rally car driver. And then it pans away and it's the kids, and it's like, what's Cage got himself into this time? I think that's um Yeah, it's that's the most story we get, isn't it, really? Yeah, he's settled down to work at a go-kart track in the desert and then he's uh, brought back in by a guy who's working for Eccleston but he's kind of playing both sides but isn't. The most generic character in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's literally like, this is how we've written the character, this is how you're going to play him. doesn't yeah. really get any any more than that. Yeah, that was uh, Atlee Jackson, who's basically his role is to be the uh, convenient messenger between... Cage and Eccleston, so both people know what's going on at all time uh, at all times. Um, obviously, going back to the detectives, though, um, this the scene where um, the pizza guy he steals a car that's not on the list. We we don't really know why it comes back to them. There's heroin in the trunk, and then they suddenly have to hide all the drugs because Castlebeck's followed them back. Oh and my then god! Yeah, yeah. They have to trick him to basically get well, basically a hard-on for revving this car to blow all of the drugs away with the exhaust. Yeah, to suck it up the exhaust. So that scene was in the original as well. Right. So I was I was curious, like, with some films, they just do everything the same. Some things, they deviate quite a lot. So yeah, I was curious yeah. if that I, was in there. Well, I didn't, I didn't watch the original, but I, as I say, on Amazon, when you're watching the film, um, you can look on the... The trivia and at the end when the you know well i could still watch it i just went through all the trivia just to see if there's anything there because also um what's his name actually they had to rewrite it and uh who did guardians of the galaxy but no it wasn't james gunn who's the other one someone rewrote on it that i can't think of um wasn't james gunn who is someone with glasses that he did the star wars he did two of the latest star wars what's his name oh um abrams jj abrams yeah 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 you know he rewrote this really he worked on this script. And when I read that, I was like, really? I'm sure it was him. I mean, I can't check on Amazon now, unfortunately. But yeah, if you dive deep enough, you might find out if it definitely, um, if I'm not bullshitting. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure J.J. Abrams, there was like issues with the script and they brought two or three people in, including like, so what? Maybe he wrote all of Miraman's lines. I was just going to say, I mean, someone gave Miraman a chance. And the fact we've not seen him on in cinema more is quite frankly a... Uh, quite frankly, a travesty. But saying that with him rewriting, though, in my notes, um, and we're sort of going a bit towards the end here where Castlebeck and Co are staking out there, driving after them actively a bit more. Um, yeah. and this, this kind of gets to when um, the point where 
Cage finally gets the prized GT Mustang. My notes were, oh. take a drink every time Castlebeck says, oh shit, or has to slam on his brakes. I <laughs> know, <laughs> one of the best lines is where his, his, uh, the bitch detective he's with, the, the guy gets hit uh, by something swinging, and he goes, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. And he goes, are you sure? Because you just went through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's... like he knows he went through a wall, mate. That's the last thing he did on the planet. You don't need to go, Mike. Are you sure you went through a wall? He's like, I know I went through a wall, mate. I can see the wall. Yeah, it's, it's basically what the same as when someone's clearly upset and you tell them that they need to calm down. It's like the exactly. worst thing yeah, yeah, yeah. is keep reigniting oh. their trauma. Um, yeah. Are you all right? Well, I'm on fire. What do you think? You know what I mean? <laughs> you need some water. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And you've gone through a wall. <laughs> But um, obviously they end up getting all these cars, uh, which they have to code name as uh, female names because no one will catch on. Um, no. which I think I think someone would eventually. They get most of the cars without incident. I mean, the uh, well, the night of the B team, the C team gets that Cadillac Escalade with um, fairly well until they get uh, caught by the local security. They can't find their way out because everywhere looks the same in that area. That guy who does nothing all film, and they tell him explicitly, don't come with us because you're shit. He gets with them. He gets shot in the arm. And then they have to to take him to the hospital. Um, But the, and I know you've, and you mentioned you've got some thoughts on the, um, on the GT Mustang. It's mentioned throughout the film that this is, uh, this is effectively the white whale for Memphis. This is the car he couldn't steal. He's got a backstory. Mm. It's never really fleshed out. And again, unless I miss something, never really fleshed out what the backstory is, just that he might want to kiss the car. Well, he's, he's in th- they mentioned it quite a few times that basically he's tried to steal this car before, like I guess half a dozen times. And every single time he's tried to steal it, he's about to steal it. And just before he's about to steal it, he accidentally fucks it. No, he, just before he steals it, like the police get involved or someone shoots him up or whatever. It's, it's something goes wrong is what they're trying to say. But yeah, the first scene where you see him with it and Angelina Jolie's there as well, swigging some petrol and the guy who orders the pizzas and Dom and and uh, the guy who orders the pizzas is just like, what's he, why is he going crazy for this car? And he's like, oh, it's his unicorn, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, what's he doing? He's like, oh, he's charming it. And he goes over and starts talking to it. Imagine if like, you just you owned that car and you were walking back to it then you were like is this guy talking to my car like what's going on if you were anyone right if there just happened to be someone else in the car park you'd phone the police you'd be like yeah i've just seen someone someone talking to a car and then people taking photos of him talking to the car like is this a, like is someone being punked what's yeah. going on here where's beadle where's where's jeremy yeah, where's beadle i mean i've thought that many times do you know what though None of these are my favourite characters, okay? Even the character Nicolas Cage plays isn't my favourite character. My favourite character is the character that Nicolas Cage's character plays when he goes into the dealership and says the line, two Rogers don't make a right. Yes, yes. I was going to ask, I, I, I made that as a note and I was like, when did he say that? But that's... It was the most amazing thing. It's like, oh, rah, 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 rah. he goes, if I turn up outside Starbucks, like that clip, I, I could never do it justice if I practiced being in for years. And then he goes, at the end, he goes like, fantastic. What else do you have in the warehouse? And it's the biggest wink to camera you've ever seen. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch a film of just him being that Roger. It's, uh, yeah, it's so it's, good. 
It's like, oh, your name's Roger. My name's Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. He goes, what you got in the yeah. warehouse? Oh, the other 48 cars. Yeah, exactly, camera. yeah. He literally, uh, after every word, could have shouted hi and it would have been like, the same <laughs> scene. Yeah, I mean, the, there, are, there are moments when you get those glimpses of Cage just dialing up a level, but he doesn't need to, but this is what he does. <laughs> you, you get it there. <laughs> when, when he does the... Um, when they're about to get started doing it all, and it's the... Uh, what's the name of the song? Um, oh, it's, it's uh, Low, Low Rider. Rider. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Let's ride! Like, that bit is... I forgot that was a thing until I watched the trailer, which is excellent, by the way. The trailer is nearly as good as the film itself because the trailer is so fucking 90s, man. The trailer's just up there in terms of, yep, yeah, this is how films used to be. Um, it's just it's just an epic piece of cinema, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, I love the fact it's like, well, you know, your brother's life is literally on the clock. He's like, no, no, we've got time to spin Low Rider just once, and you'll wait yeah, until yeah, it's yeah, finished yeah. its rotation if you You know don't we literally mind. have a cut-off where everyone's going to get murdered. Also, at the end of the film, right, where they've done it all, fantastic, great. Why are they celebrating? Like, yeah, no one's dead, but you're not getting the money. You literally, you fucking rugby tackled the guy into his own coffin. Yeah. I mean, all the you gave all the cars away to the police, and like, wh- why? How much money would they've all got anyway? I mean, I realise inflation and everything, two hundred thousand, but there was like twenty gang members. They were getting ten grand. They were going to take money off Ellie anyway because, oh my god, with the unicorn when they were doing all the stunts and stuff, the amount of um, issues with the filming, where in one scene the wing mirror would be knocked off, and another scene the wing mirror was stuck back on again. Did you notice yeah. that? Did you see that? Yeah. 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 So they knock money off for that. So after all that, like all the characters, even the guy who orders the pizzas, are getting like five grand a pop. It's not worth it, lads. Why are you having this, this yeah, barbecue? The... Maybe they're celebrating Vinnie Jones talking for the first time. I don't know. <laughs> oh, the dog had got a cut as well. Uh, Merriman. Yeah, but they, they had to take away his cut with his fucking laxatives, didn't they? <laughs> five grand a laxative to get those keys out. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, at the end, we just get this. And I can't even really justifiably call it a reveal. Vinnie Jones talks and um, he's just like, oh, he's um, that guy who's been shot. He put his, he put pain on the line and he's put himself above everyone else, trying to make out like he's a hero. Everyone's like, oh, oh the, uh, the guy who doesn't talk, talks. I was like, I thought you were from Long Beach. And he just looks at him and he's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then obviously when it, the credits cut out, then um, Sway and Memphis drive off to well, rut each other because that's been building up all film in the mm. very, very rusted GT for whatever reason. That's just completely degraded in the 10 minutes since he last saw it. And mm. then the, the car cuts out, that just dies. Um, Eleanor's dead. And they're like, <laughs> classic Eleanor, what is she like? Well, as it, Eleanor, is that what it's saying? You know, yeah. that, that last shot, that was the only time that that was the actual car. In all the other scenes, it wasn't actually that brand of car, that make of car. It was a diff- It was a very similar kind of car that they basically altered slightly to make it look like it. But in that last scene, that was the actual car, and the owner said, "Yeah, you can use it, but it has to be. It has to come back to me in the exact same way." Basically, I've read something about that that they had to basically just remove and replace effectively all of the car for what they needed yeah. to do with it. Um, it's crazy. So- might as well just have got another car. I mean, I I likes the bit when um, when Memphis is, it's the big final car chase which you're expecting. The car chase itself is, it's all right. I think it's a little, 
you know, could have been a bit more for what built it up. But when he's um, yeah, on the, the bridge that they sort of cut off with roadworks and he does the giant jump when it's clearly a CG <laughs> car and it just sails for miles. Man, I that couldn't, scene. I couldn't help. I couldn't help about that. But I think the other scene um, which I really enjoyed is when that gang returns, uh, Johnny B and his gang, Mate. And then they chase Memphis and Kip into the diner, if you know the scene I'm talking about. Right, okay. A chicken got a shotgun to the face. <laughs> yeah. I do not remember the Colonel's beat getting blown off in all the times I watched this film before. Because I was about to say to you, that chase scene at the end is good. It's not my favourite chase scene. This is the one. Like, sorry, I just had to, like the chicken. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I mean... I, 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 it starts obviously with like Johnny B and um, the gang members who Vinnie Jones' car they blew up at the start. They basically blindside um, Memphis and Kip. So that now they keep shooting and shooting and shooting at the car. No one at any point, even though they're right <laughs> next to the passenger seat, uh, no one realizes that they've both crawled out and escaped about five minutes before because they're so busy shooting. Then it's they go class. through. It's amazing. They go through all the back gardens. A chicken gets blown up. Uh, rest in peace, that chicken. Then they take refuge in a diner because there's a cop car there. And then, um, and then Memphis is like shouts at them. It's like you can't get in here because there's cops. I. You want some of this? <laughs> and then he somehow distracts them by standing up and shouting at a guy who owns a truck, the same truck who Kip manages to crawl right up to their car, attach a hook to, and then it gets, the fender gets ripped off when the guy drives away, and then they get arrested um, because they happen to have guns. Ridiculous. Uh, a ridiculous scene, a ridiculous film. But it's like, is it ridiculous with the rest of the film, really? Do you know what I mean? It fits in so well that these people get arrested. Uh, do you have permits for these weapons? Yeah, I mean, this this goes into what I was saying, like one of those scenes where Cage just decides to dial it up by screaming "ite" at them. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I? What was... Um, I made another note somewhere. I was... Um, uh, I, sh- I should be more prepared, really. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. So you know the guy I'm talking about, the English actor earlier, where he's like, you want shooting, governor, right? The name of that actor, the genuine name of that actor is Nick Meany. No, right, I don't accept that. Honestly, I don't, Nick, I don't. Nick Meany. <laughs> oh, but yeah, um, you know, yeah, the another part. British name Sorry. you could find. Oh, yeah, I'm Nick Meany. I'm, I'm, I'm not a good guy. Um, one of the bits that really got at the very end of the film, and this is a very in joke for us, and you know I like, you know I like my in joke in jokes. At the end, <laughs> all right, when, from New York, in jokes, <laughs> in jokes. I love my in jokes. Um, the guy uh, Kip gives Memphis uh, the keys, and he goes, "Oh, keys, keys are good. What are they for?" I really thought it was going to cut away and go, "Key cut and lawyer." Like I just thought <laughs> that was it. I thought that was going to be the bit. Um, a horrendous in joke, but it just—it was the first thing I thought of when that happened. Um, it doesn't need a sequel. It's too good, man. Let me have a look over more of the notes I've made. It's—it's oh, it's just such. I give it five cages out of cage, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like critically they didn't seem to disagree on Rotten Tomatoes. It only had a uh, a critical consensus of twenty six percent, although the audience score was seventy seven percent. So. 
the critics weren't really on board with this by all uh, all intents and purposes. I mean, um, what else was out? Like the year 2000 cinema, blah, 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 it's a bold new, you know, time. What, what other films were out, do you know? Like, what did this really have to compete with? If it was one of the first kind of driving films... It's it's weird because this film made like a lot of money. It had it was estimated around a hundred million. The box office it returns uh, just shy of two hundred thirty eight million. But from the information, when you take into account, um, as Stinkers mentioned earlier, the Hollywood math, um, which is basically when they take just more overall deductions into account, um, mm-hmm. they estimate it or Disney wrote it down as an estimated $212 million loss on this film. Wow. So by Hollywood standards, the film was a flop, um, which I find very I interesting. Mean, it's not a Cage film, but the one of the most recent flops I've watched um, is a film called Geostorm. Have you seen right. this film? No, um, I can't say that I have. It's uh, Gerard Butler. And it's I, I know a film is bad, when so I watched it with my other half, and I basically I said to her, "There's this, there's this film. I've heard it's awful, but it might be so bad that we enjoy it." And yeah. she was based about forty minutes in. She was like, "I can't do this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "All right, fine." So the next day when she had work, I just watched the rest of it, and she was like, "Why are you going to watch the rest of it?" I was like, "I've got to see it through," and it's um, it's it's a disaster film. The reason I bring it up is because as I say, it's a disaster film. So it's one of those films that it's a bit like. Um, I think it was 2012 and then the, the Day After Tomorrow, all those kind of things. This film's pretty recent. It's definitely within like the last five years. It might even be like 2018 it came out. But they had to do reshoots. And it's the one of these like disaster films that's lost the most money. It like I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it lost like 180 million or something insane. And there's some actors in it who have had jobs before and will probably have jobs again. But basically, <laughs> a lot of people think that that is going to be the last disaster film. Like, as in, that's the kind of people have gone right. Clearly, by how well this did, people are bored of disaster films now. So mm. I want to know, like, with car films, surely they can go on a bit longer, but at what point do they drop off? And at what point do you think Cage drops off? Now, Cage is eternal. We we agree with that. It's the well, Father, of the course. Lord, and the Holy Cage. But <laughs> the the point, eventually, he will do his last film don't even want to think about it, to be honest. Like, what what high can he go out on? What is it going to be? What if he does like a... Um... So I made the, the critical error a few months ago of watching... Um... Uh, what's it called? The Jim Carrey film. Um, what am I thinking of? You know, the one where it's all about him? Uh, Truman Show. The Truman Show, right? I watched The Truman Show. And then straight after that, I watched Being John Malkovich. Right. And that was, that was an incredibly trippy night, watching those two films back to back. Now, I also want to know what two Cage films are like the trippiest ones to watch back to back. I can make some recommendations on that. I mean, interesting you mentioned John Malkovich because there is a effectively a Cage Malkovich film coming out next year, 2021, um, okay. called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, I've brought it up a few times on the podcast, but basically this is the like the Cage Malkovich film. So the plot is um, he stars as himself um, and he has to, he accepts like a million dollars to go to the birthday of this Mexican billionaire superfan. But it turns out the superfan's like a, like a massive uh, drug lord 
um and then he's got his wife and his daughter so to save them he has to act out some of his most famous roles um so this i can that sounds wait. amazing i, I, I think wait. i've i think i've heard something about this i listened to a podcast called um the weekly planet uh, really i don't know if you know yeah. it but yeah it's 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 insane it's really good uh, they were the ones who got me to check out how bad geostorm was um right. uh, it's a couple of uh, australian guys and um and basically, I'm sure I've heard them mention something about oh, Nick, a haircut that Nicolas Cage has in this film that you've just mentioned there. Um, there's another one. I'm not sure if if this cuts out, then sue me. Um, are you still there? Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I it's fine. Basically, I took a photo earlier of the film. It was on my iPad when I did it. It's called Adaptation, and that's uh, Nicolas Cage is in that. I don't know when it's from, but I remember I looked at the little image of it on Netflix, and there was in a car, two cages sat next to each other. So I don't know if maybe that's like a, a kind of, they're, they're aiming for like a John Malkovich thing. Or maybe it was an actor that looks a lot like Cage. Have you heard of that film? Do you know what it is? Um, I'm trying I think to it was think. 2005, I think it said earlier. But I don't know. Can I check Netflix at the same time? We're learning. We're watching. We're learning here. Well, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of two cages in a car, but um, obviously we mentioned this earlier. Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian, he's in it. I believe he's the uh, the super fan who hires Cage. Sharon Hawkins in it. Uh, recently, there's a lot of news that Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in a oh, is he? Oh, massive great, talent as great. well. Okay, um, I found this. Yeah, ad- adaptation. Um, Two thousand two. Yes, of course, adaptation. A Hollywood screenwriter battles insecurities, struggles to adopt the orchard thief. Um, yeah, he's. I can see him in two shots. Uh, Brian Cox is in it. I assume it's not that Brian Cox, but yeah, um, I, I want to watch that. So stick me in for that. And also, I mean, this is very far down the line. You'll probably be thirty at least by the time you do this one. But <laughs> please, sir, stick me in for um, Spider Verse. Spider-Verse could have well be yours. Big opinions on the, on that and, and how he did in that, but I don't want to uh, yeah. delve well, too early. So I won't, uh, won't touch too much on Spider-Verse, but um, Daryl fact, I only watched that for the first time about two weeks ago on Netflix. Oh, really? I, you, I, I well, actually, you are a massive cheapskate, aren't you, to be fair? I am a cheapskate. I actually, I don't know how, I think it was just work or something. I just missed the boat when it came out of the cinema. Missed the mm-hmm, boat entirely. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Obviously, no spoilers or anything, but loved it. And I think that yeah. and Nicolas Cage is in it and he um, enjoys a Rubik's Cube. So what's not to love? I was the same. I didn't see it in the cinemas. Uh, I got it on Blu-ray when it was about a tenner about a year ago. Popped it in the old PlayStation and uh, had a whale of a time. And I w- only just watched it again uh, in the last few weeks and lent it to a friend of mine to borrow. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a cool guy. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind. People can borrow things as long as it comes back in you know reasonable condition. Then I won't send people after you. Um and uh, yeah, yeah, good film. But yeah, I'll just say not too much. Um, <laughs> not too much about it. But yeah, I mean, this film, no Rubik's Cube, but a bloody good uh, Rubik's Time. So um, obviously... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how, I'm scared of cat. I was like, how long can we hold that for? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just let to extend that pause in the edit if I can. Um, I, want the, I, want the, I want the episode to end there. Never mind the Mirror Man thing that I need there to be. The, no. I want the episode to end there. Bloody good Rubik stuff. People be checking their phone like, what the hell's happened here? Yeah, no sign off. Uh, no nothing. Just end next episode. Um, but yeah, but I've, I think to sort of look at uh, wrapping up, um, you know, this Odyssey of Cars. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> four, 
40, 40, at least 47 of the cars. You'll never really find out what they were. It's not important. Um, he got the GT Mustang in the end. Um, yep. Chris, Christopher Eccleston was kicked off of a very high platform by a cage who put a leather jacket on, especially for the heist, and looked like more like uh, Eccleston's Doctor Who than he does in this film. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's a part of me that thinks that this actually was, he was being Doctor Who, and he regenerated in that coffin. I think there's a part of me that thinks that. You, there was also, you know, in the chase where um, that chicken got shot to pieces, God rest his beak, um, yeah. there was a scene where he took his jacket off because the dog was getting him, and then in, and he left it in there, and then in the next scene he had it back on again. Honestly, there were so many issues with, like, continuity. I mean, we know from when we filmed that sketch show ages ago, continuity is so hard to to get together. But when it's... I mean, we did not have millions of pounds as a budget. These people did, you know? No, no, but our old shooter, Matthew Willits, did get us to watch an episode of a, of a Lovejoy once. So, was it Bergerac? It was one of the two. I, was, I wasn't there. I was hung over and I missed that class. And I... That is, oh. that's, that's one of my regrets. When, uh, when eventually I go to join the big cage in the sky, um, that'll be... That'll be playing. Oh, you could have seen Lovejoy. I think it was Lovejoy from what I was told. Yes. From what the was. records show. It was, um, uh, yeah, just a little bit of context. A lesson that obviously we're paying for in university. Our lecturer, for some reason, bought his Lovejoy box set stuck on an episode. <laughs> we watched it and then we left. <laughs> yeah, I've got a box set. Get over yourself. Um, uh, you say shout out. The, ta- the, the taxpayer. Well, thank you, the taxpayer, and shout out to Matthew Willits for an hour of my life that I will never get back. You say that, but it might, you know, long term, maybe there'll be something you can take from Lovejoy. Maybe it'll end up being Lovejoy and Cage, your two main influences. Who knows? Cage Joy. It's my Cage Joy, and that's what it's Love Nicholas, Cage the Joy, and that's what this podcast is ultimately all about. You see how I'm wrapping this up now? Yeah, it's done beautifully. (laughs) Love that. Um, so speaking of wrapping up, I guess in a Jerry Springgrass fashion, what are your final thoughts on Gone in 60 Seconds? Uh, Gone in 60 Seconds? More like great in 90 minutes. Yeah, I really enjoyed it it as well. it was a great film and it lasted 90 minutes. Do you get it? Because <laughs> I thought it was a great film and it lasted... Yeah, I enjoyed it. Just got closer and closer to it the camera. It was a great film. <laughs> Just get the cat on the camera. No, yeah, um, all, all cages aside, as I say, I'm gutted. I rented it for £2.50 and didn't buy it for £9.99. Um, yeah. And my fate, do you know what? I had to explain, well, I didn't have to explain, I'm my own man, but I said to my other half, I said, oh, yeah, um, a friend of mine I used to live with does a, a Nicolas Cage podcast. And before I even got to the end of that sentence, she said, why? Which is a great response. <laughs> and, um, and I said, yeah, so basically, um, do you know the film Gone in 60 Seconds? I'm, I, I watched some of that earlier. I'm going to finish it off later. And she was like, you watched that? Like, <laughs> like as if it was a big commitment. Like, I've done really well to watch it. Um, and yeah, and I, I, said, I said I was doing this. She was like, all right, okay then. So I, I think it is, I think you've definitely got a niche audience and a niche market for it. But um, I think he's a man who, he, he, he has to be adored. We need to solve him. And you're only going to solve an enigma like Cage by really delving into the very crux and the very abscess of his work. So you, you're doing the world a favour, Daryl. <laughs> well, I've said it before. Not only have I, on one hand, got to consider myself the bad boy of Cage podcasts, but this is God's work. 
and I will not hear anything else. Mm. Um, this is like when you get those detectives who become obsessed with the case, they have to get into the mind of a serial killer. This is the same for me, except no one's died that we're aware of. Um, the ginger Maradona, that's what they call you, isn't it? Well, they call me the shin of God. Um, God bless uh, Maradona, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know God enough about... Maradona. No, I, don't, no, I, just... I, I don't know enough just... about Maradona. Um, but yeah, with obviously with that said, I it's probably been about 20 years or so since I last properly watched this film. Well, um, it came out to what? So you, I mean, it came out 20 years. How, how old? You're 29, aren't you? Well, I'm 29, so this came out in 2000, so I would have been... I would have been about nine or ten when this came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You must um, have, yeah, but you you must have, surely the first time you saw this wasn't when you were ten. I can't believe primary school Daryl was like, I'm going to watch Angelina Jolie drink some petrol. Well, that explains a lot. It explains why. Yeah, actually, yeah, to be fair about it, it explains why you were going around screaming, there's a snake up my ass for so long. Well, it explains my um, crippling addiction to diesel, if anything, but I won't mm. change. I won't change. No. I am who I am, and I've uh, I've made my choices, and I'll stand by them just like this podcast. So, um, you know, in conclusion, Your Honour, um, snakes up ass are bad. Drinking petrol is good. And if you need to steal 50 cars, get Cage on side because you'll enjoy some low rider along the way. And that brings us on that holy matrimonial note of joy and cars coming together. Don't fuck a car. Um, just like Nicolas Cage clearly <laughs> has in this film. But if it brings you closer to a state of euphoria and being, then who am I to tell you otherwise? Um, so this wraps up another episode of Cage Rage and Nicholas Cage podcast. It's been a bloody treat to uh, speak to Ben Shannon about all things fast car, vroom, vroom. Um, is that a gear stick? Are you just happy to see me? Um, ben Shannon, as I ask with all the guests, if we want to find you on the socials, where can we seek you out? Um, just Twitter, Ben Ben Shabba, it probably is. Instagram, Ben Shannon Comedy. The, I don't know those. Not re- people don't really ask me often where are you on the socials, but yeah, those. Let me see. Yeah, Ben Ben Shannon. Just link it in the description. I don't know. Do you have this on the normal podcast things or just Spotify? Because I couldn't find it on the normal podcast things. Um, I put them in there. I'll put them in just there. Put, just put my name into the internet. You'll find it. I'm a big deal, guys. Christ, there's no other Ben Shannon's knocking about. Apart from some American guy who plays songs, prick. You'll find it. Don't worry about it. And if you've, and, and I say this as a side note, and I obviously touched on it at the very start in the intro. If you've got any questions about Pokemon, uh, Ben is your guy. He's called me out for my lack of knowledge on many an occasion. In the I know past. my shit. I know my shit. My, my girlfriend several times says, When are you going to get over this? And I say, Hey, is this all drugs, lady? No, the. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I know, I, know, I know a fair few things about that. And uh, cards, if you want to know how to play Snap, I've played Snap before. And occasionally, I've told I've not told jokes for a while now. Um, it's a Nicolas Cage pod. I don't need to get I don't need to get onto it, it being a Ben Shannon pod. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I've told it's jokes a once. It's a two part. Yeah, I've told jokes once in Spain this year, and the last time I told jokes properly was with your friend of mine, Mister Mike Reed, uh, last November in Nottingham. Yes. Um, for for a show, and uh, you should get him on one of the Christ. I don't know what is there a Welsh? Does he play a Welshman in any film? Nicolas Cage. Not that I'm aware of. He has played Italians. Oh that's that's blown my mind, quite frankly. 
I don't Nicholas know. Cage doing an Italian accent. Oh my god! If there's anything closer to home, I get the feeling that Mike and I'll have to reach out to him. He'd be up for a film like Season of the Witch, but I'll have to, um, <laughs> I'll have to reach out to him and see if he's interested. But, yeah, um, yeah. I'll no. let you go. Sorry, you've 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 tried to wrap up more times than someone at Christmas who wraps a lot of presents. Santa, that would have been a better joke. You can see why I've not done it for a while. Does he actually wrap the gifts though? He gets the elves. To do- Sorry, go on. Um, he he holds a gun to their head, but. He holds a gun to their head and beats the Christmas shit. <laughs> well, God bless the Christmas shit as we are coming up to Christmas. Um, 150 Pokemon in the original rap. Surely someone out there has done a rap of the 50 cars in this film. Um, if there has, I'd love to find it. If there hasn't, I'll get on that. I'll get my people to um, get a, a gone in 60 seconds rap. Just like So Sonic Crew, 60 seconds or less. All I want is a Mirror Man rap. All I want is all his lines right now, as we finish, just him, just him in that. That's all I want for Christmas, as Mariah Carey once sang. All I want for Christmas is Mirror Man's lines. <laughs> well, that has been another episode of Cage Raids, a Nicolas Cage podcast. And Nicolas Cage, like that sna- snake, is going to swallow your shithole. Um, hopefully, we'll see you in the next one. Uh, but until then, Keep on, keep on caging. It's all you have to do. Bye-bye. See ya.